800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett on KINY. On Thursday morning, searchers looking for three people who remain missing after a massive landslide in Wrangell changed their strategy from holding an active search to a reactive search. On Friday, names of the victims were released. The three missing Alaskans are 65-year-old Otto Forschutz, 12-year-old Derek Heller, and 11-year-old Kara Heller. The three Alaskans that were located deceased during the search effort are 44-year-old Timothy Heller, 36-year-old Beth Heller, and 16-year-old Mara Heller. Next of kin have been notified for the missing and deceased. The bodies of the deceased were sent to the state medical examiner's office in Anchorage for autopsy. The Alaska Department of Public Safety continues to work closely with their partners at the Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities on clearing the roadway of debris. Spokesperson for the Department of Public Safety, Austin McDaniel, explains the difference between an active and a reactive search. During an active search and rescue, we have teams of uh, professional search and rescue folks out there actively in the search zone uh, looking for uh, missing the missing people as well as any clues that might help us determine where they might be within this slide zone. We made the decision to switch to a reactive search, which essentially means we the active search teams have been removed from the field. However, they're on standby to react to new information, new evidence, new clues on where these three individuals might be within the slide zone so they can then go and search that specific area. He shares what their search efforts have looked like up to this point and where they are going from here. During the three search periods that we had, which were conducted from the air using helicopters, drones, and planes, on ground with scent detection canines, as well as professionally trained ground search volunteers, and then from the water with canines as well, and using sonar, uh, we have searched uh, the entire search area that's um, accessible to us without the use of heavy machinery. We pulled out the volunteers so that way we can get some heavy machinery in there to, one, start reopening the road to get residents of Wrangell that have been stranded from their houses, reconnected to their houses, as well as for the power company to begin restoring power to all of the houses that have been without power further down the road, and then potentially open up new search areas for our search teams to be able to go and investigate. Public Information Officer with the Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, Jeremy Zidick, says it is taking a team effort to assist this community. We've seen a number of different state, non-government agencies, tribal organizations all come together to support the city borough and of Wrangell as they work through this search and rescue and the recovery effort and trying to get that road cleared so people can return to their homes. He says it's very important to listen to local needs in order to best support Wrangell. All these efforts are to support the city and borough of Wrangell. That's where emergency management starts at the local level. We have to listen to the locals. They know their community best and, and how they can best affect the response and recovery um, and bring in the expertise that we have at the state level and our nonprofit level and, and other help to address the, the issues that they see as the priority. 
that's always the best case scenario with emergency management. The city and borough have really done a tremendous job standing up their incident management team and responding to this disaster. Zidik also explains what the State Emergency Operations Center being activated to a level two means. There's an actual event occurring. And um, in this case, it's a single event in a single community. If we rose our activation level to level three, that would signify that we had multiple emergency response events taking place or uh, one event was impacting several different communities. So at this time, it's just isolated to the Wrangell landslide, our activation level. But what we do at the State Emergency Operations Center is, one, we coordinate the state's response. With the governor's disaster declaration, we have the funding capabilities to fund either the activities that are taking place or additional activities that we might deem are necessary. On Friday, Governor Mike Dunleavy met with residents and community leaders in Wrangell following Monday night's fatal landslide. Governor Dunleavy issued a state disaster declaration for the landslide on Tuesday and has pledged to provide Wrangell with all of the state's available resources to respond to the disaster. Coming up next on News of the North, First Things First, Alaska Foundation joined Action Line on Monday. That story next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Despite the blizzard hitting the Juneau area on Monday, Don Hamburger and Frank Bergstrom of the First Things First Alaska Foundation joined Action Line to talk on the economic state of Juneau. First thing I'd like to do is just remind the audience uh, about the First Things First Alaska Foundation. And our purpose, really, as a foundation is to focus on a strong economy through responsible economic development and natural resource management in southeast Alaska. So. We look at uh, mining, um, transportation, and a number of things, including uh, tourism. And we just uh, believe that tourism is one of our our strong uh, industries, and therefore we support it. He spent some time reminding the community about our economy and the shifting age demographics. And, And so just reminding the community that we have a vibrant economy. Um, There are some stress points, as JEDC uh, points out, and we can go into a little bit of that detail. Um, And so they're just indicators that could we do better? How can we attract that 20 to 39-year-old, particularly that that small business-minded individual, uh, the support industry individual? All of those are needed to replace if you will, an aging population, which also JEDC uh, points out. Uh, The old folks are getting older, and we need young folks to to keep this economy going. And that's really uh, one of the takeaways I take from uh, the JEDC report. You can listen to the full program on our website, kinyradio.com. And 24-year-old Caleb Allen Russell Leland pleaded guilty to the murder of Cynthia Hoffman in June 2019 near Thunderbird Falls. Anchorage Superior Court Judge Andrew Peterson accepted Leland's plea to one count of murder in the second degree. The charges of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder were dismissed as part of the agreement. The charges against Schmiller stem from the June 2, 2019 murder of then-19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman near Thunderbird Falls in Chugiak, Alaska. 
The murder of Hoffman involved a group of teenagers who are accused of being catfished by Darren Schilmer to commit the crime for money. The case was investigated by the Anchorage Police Department and the Federal Bureau of Investigation with the assistance of multiple other state and federal law enforcement agencies. The court will determine Leyland's sentencing at a hearing. The agreement between the parties permits the court to sentence Leyland to a maximum term of imprisonment of 75 years, with 25 years suspended. Sentencing is scheduled to begin June 10th of next year in front of Judge Peterson. Leyland is currently in the custody of the Alaska Department of Corrections and is no longer eligible to be released on conditions of release. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis.